Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. What do you want to be when you grow up? A fighter pilot? A race car driver? A decorated war hero? Odds are, Tom Cruise may have already been working your dream job in one of his many roles over his almost 40 years in Hollywood. From a humble upbringing, Cruise has gone on to become one of, if not the biggest Hollywood star of our time. While his movies have kept us entertained for decades, Tom's life outside of Hollywood has also drawn attention, coverage, and controversy. His penchant for hot chicks and ultimately his three marriages have kept the tabloid writers busy for years. Some of his antics and outbursts have left us shaking our heads, and I have to admit that a piece of my childhood died as I watched badass race car driver Cole Trickle from Days of Thunder jump up and down on Oprah's couch. And of course, there's Scientology. Yeah. From Maverick and Iceman taking on the MiGs to Elrond and the gang taking on Xenu, let's buzz the tower and dive into the Tom Cruise episode of Asshole Court. guys tom cruise asshole court episode let's get some initial thoughts who wants to start off i'll lead us off all, all right, right buddy all right so um i've loved tom cruise over the years I, i've loved a lot of his movies funny enough i haven't seen many of his golden globe nods mostly i've watched everything else for the most part did he have golden globe nods yeah he's had three golden globe nods really? yeah. okay. uh the only one that i actually did see was jerry Maguire. oh yeah but there's two more and i'm sure we'll get into that yep. a little bit further down the road but, I mean, I loved him in Top Gun, Rain Man, Interview with the Vampire. As Randy said in the intro, Days of Thunder was, I mean, just an awesome movie that uh, we got to watch growing up. But, I mean, even uh, all the Mission Impossible movies. I, I've I've just been a big fan of his over the years. And he did get a little bit of crazy, it seemed like, in the mid-2000s. The whole jumping up and down on Oprah's couch. Yep. He's one of those actors that I enjoy watching on screen, but I'm glad I don't really follow him because uh, it just kind of tarnishes that image that you have of him in your head from the big screen. So as far as I could tell, it seems like he might be a little bit arrogant, maybe a little bit overly flamboyant. But as far as being an asshole goes, I don't recall reading a bunch of stuff about him being an asshole. He did get into it with Matt Lauer on the Today Show a while back, and I don't know if I really fully agreed with all that. But outside of that, I don't see him as much of an asshole. So my initial asshole rating for Tom Cruise is going to be a 5.0 off the rip. All right, all right. buddy with a 5.0. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I like a lot of his movies. I'm not like a super Tom Cruise fan. Like he's been in a lot of movies that I happen to like a lot. I mean, he's a good actor. He's not like the most mind blowing actor or whatever. His personal life is weird from what I've read or whatever, but he strikes me as the type of guy who like, I'll watch 
a movie that he's in. But like, if I had to hang out with that guy for like more than a day, I feel like I would lose my shit. Like he's just like overly intense. He's very sure of himself about everything, which is odd to me. So, but again, as far as the asshole stuff goes, I mean, it all links back to his relationship with Scientology and stuff like that, which I'm sure we're going to get into, but I don't know a lot about his personal life. So I'm going to start him off. We say the average person is a three or four. I'm going to give him a four and just say that, you know, he's a higher end of average asshole man. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a pretty yeah. fair assessment. Yeah, absolutely. And going into it, I was right in the same boat. I was about four and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So four and a quarter, 5.0, and a 4.0. Okay. All right. All well, right. Nice. let's get to Tom Cruise then. Let's dive in. Born on the 3rd of July, 1962, in Syracuse, New York, as Thomas Cruise Maypother IV, Tom Cruise did not have what most would consider to be a privileged childhood. He was the only son of four children to parents Mary Lee Maypother and Thomas Cruise Maypother III, or his buddies like to call him TC3. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So hold on, though. Maypother? Maypother. So M-A-P-O-T-H-E-R. Okay. I never actually bothered to look up his name. I knew Tom Cruise wasn't his real name, but I didn't realize it was very close to his his real name. name. Is it actually C-R-U-I-S-E, or is it C-R-U-Z? Yeah. Okay. And he's also a fourth. So, I mean, that's a you don't really find many fourths around these days. No, especially if they're growing up in a poor area and and a poor background. They normally don't have, like, I'm Rumpelstiltskin (laughs) Bobby Boy the (laughs) Third. I'm going to leave my legacy in the ghetto. Yeah. (laughs) But I will say, I think he went with the right choice for his last name for the movie. Tom Cruise just rolls off the tongue a little bit easier than Tom Maypother. (laughs) Certainly, you remember... Tom Maypother the fourth, he hit the $3,000 scratch off at the gas station down the street. According to Wikipedia, his mother was a special education teacher and his father was an electrical engineer and both were originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. So they both had educations then. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. But for most accounts, the Maypother family lived right at the poverty line for most of Tom's young life and the family was raised in a Catholic household. According to Tom, his dad was a bit of an asshole, it sounded like. Cruz described his father as a merchant of chaos, a bully, and a coward who inflicted beatings upon him. That sounds more than a little bit of an asshole. A (laughs) merchant of chaos? That sounds like when you're describing a Dungeons and Dragons battle, Well, like you said, with his intensity level, I bet he describes things as like a merchant of chaos. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy broke in line at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Starbucks barista was a merchant of chaos. (laughs) She didn't put the extra cream in my latte. (laughs) Yeah, but I did read that his dad would like show his disapproval by kicking him and yeah. stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not normal? No, well, <laughs> yeah, right? All dads yeah. didn't do that. Cruz said he was the kind of person where if something goes wrong, they kick you. And in life, it taught me a great lesson how he'd lull you in, make you feel safe, and then bang, bust your ass. Damn. So Ouch. he was, wow, yeah. that's pretty gnarly. But it wraps up here quickly. Okay. The Cruz family moved to Ottawa, Canada okay. in the early 1970s after Tom's dad got a job with the Canadian Armed Forces. North of the border, eh? Hey, that's right. Around the time Tom was 11 or 12, his mother had had enough of Big Tom's bullshit and decided to leave her husband and take the kids back to the USA. Okay. All yep. right. You know, one thing you can't ever really say about Tom Cruise is that he does not work hard. This really shows in a lot of the movies he plays and as well as the physical shape he's kept himself in over the years. His work ethic was created as a young man, working several odd jobs at a time to help his mom make ends meet. No job was too dirty or difficult for Tommy, as long as it paid money to help his mom out. Cruise's neighbor, Bill Lewis, was quoted as saying, Tommy's on the septic tank again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's got some gardening gloves. Oh, exploded on him. <laughs> hey, He's in it. He's in it. <laughs> Did that pay good, Tommy? 
<laughs> According to bestlifeonline.com, Cruz attended 15 different schools in 14 years, Yikes. even one year at a Francescan seminary in Cincinnati, Ohio, on a church scholarship to become a priest. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I feel bad for him, dude. Like, that's... You can't even make any fucking friends with that sort of pace. 15 no, you can't. schools in 14 years, they said. I mean, think about it. That's pretty much changing your school every year. Oh, yeah. You know? I am kind of surprised he hasn't made that part of his life into a movie where he's in a Cincinnati seminary where there's a punk among the monks. <laughs> a, punk, <laughs> a monk punk? Yeah, monk punk, exactly. Hey, Tommy, the monk punk. Why don't you go over there and, uh, you know, use that plunge on the toilet. He said, I'll pay you five bucks. He said, clean that turd out with your hands. <laughs> We don't have a snake, so you're going to have to throw your arm up there. <laughs> we know you're a hard worker, Tom. You don't even need that snake. He said, just use your hand. Just dig that tiny little arm in there. Your mom will be proud. <laughs> Keeping the lights on, Tommy. <laughs> Cruz admitted that he was severely bullied in school because other students took him for being different. While attending Glen Ridge High School in New Jersey, Tom played football his senior year. In typical high school dude fashion, it is reported that Tommy got cut from the team after getting caught drinking beer before a game. Oh, oh wow. You guys want to know a real good way to make yourself throw up real hard in front of a few thousand people? Drink beer before a Drink football game? Drink beer before a football game. Oh, yeah. Holy Lord. I don't know where that idea ever came from or who thought that was a good idea, but... Well, there's two things here. He doesn't strike me as a football player, and yeah, he also no. doesn't strike me as a drinker either. No, that's the thing. He was about 5'7 and probably weighed a buck 30, and they said he played linebacker. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a linebacker. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe wide receiver. What, was you know, this like with the, 1980, the, so the I team, mean. The team had seven people on it. <laughs> or no, He had a full a squad of 11 or whatever. He just switched sides each time, and then he was a linebacker, and he decided to, to power up with some beers beforehand. Or what is this, like the Mighty Ducks of football teams yeah. that he's on? Oh, right? can you imagine being a fullback running through there, and then here comes a linebacker that stomps Tonkers 5-6, just flatten that guy like Bo Jackson did to Boz. <laughs> <laughs> he barfs on you. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It smells like Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. Malt liquor. <laughs> Getting cut from the football team after slamming some strows before the game may have been the best thing that Cruz could have ever done. Already with an interest in acting, Cruz was persuaded to try out for Guys and Dolls his senior year and got the lead part. When he found out he'd be the lead, Cruz excitedly jumped up on a couch in the lunchroom and started proclaiming his love for acting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kidding. He said, I love Guys and Dolls! <laughs> I love musicals! I love beer! <laughs> Strohs. He graduated. Was it, was it actually Strohs? No, I, oh, but that's a cool '80s beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I almost like gained a level of respect for him. I'm like, he's getting beat by his dad drinking Strohs. <laughs> then the guys and dolls things happen. Yeah, and you're like, all right. All right. All right. He could have been Dan Connor from Roseanne. Yeah, exactly. He was like one step away from that. And then Guys and Dolls changed his entire trajectory, and probably for the better. He graduated from Glen Ridge High in 1980. So this is where Thomas Cruz Maypother IV began to make his move that would set him on a course to become one of Hollywood's biggest names. And as of 2019, an estimated net worth of $570 million. Ballin'. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say that like his films, as of back in 2015, had grossed $8.2 billion yeah. worldwide. I'm not surprised, yeah. dude. He's, got, he's like the king of blockbusters, and he's done it for three decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His first role was 1981. Okay. So that's 38 years ago. Yeah. 39 years ago now. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Insane. So according to Wikipedia, at the age of 18, Tom got the okay from his mother and stepfather to move to New York City to pursue his dream of becoming an actor. Once in New York, Tom worked as a busboy and a short time later began to travel to Los Angeles to try out for acting parts and television roles. 
Creative Artists Agency signed him, and by 1981, he landed his first part in a motion picture, Endless Love. Okay. I mean, that in and of itself kind of sounds like a movie. Um, moved to New York, start going to L.A. for tryouts. Within a year, you're already in a movie. Yeah. And signed yeah. by an agency. Well, it was yeah. like that one story about that one guy who moved to New York after he got out of the military and then became an awesome bartender. Aruba. Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take it. <laughs> nice. So the movie he was in was called Endless Love. It's his first motion picture. Endless Love was a romantic drama about a 17-year-old boy with wealthy political activist parents and a 15-year-old bohemian girl who fell in love. Her parents would let them openly do it in her bedroom, and her hippie mom would watch them and would, quote, vicariously live through their love. Who? who? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you you pitch that script? (laughs) Trying to tell you. The 80s were a different time, man. Man. I got this great idea for this film. Uh, It's a hippie family, and uh, the the kids do it, and the mom watches. Oh, it gets way better. Tom Cruise plays a bit part in the film, but his influence is pretty big. He tells the guy, who at this point has done some dumb shit to try to stay with this girl, Uh that one time he set a, a stack of newspapers on fire at his house, only return a short time later and put it out. His parents thought he was the hero because he had saved the house from burning down. Smart. This guy thinks, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so he goes to this girl's house, sets the front porch on fire, comes back a short time later. He can't put the fire out and the whole yeah. place burns down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Porch. Uh-huh. Yeah, the wood uh-huh. burns. It's a lot harder to put out a porch than it is a newspaper. Yep, and pretty much from that point, he wound up going to prison for arson. There's more to it, but that was the general I feel like I need to watch it. this movie like now. Uh, it didn't look very good. Yeah, no, I, I've never seen it, but that's the the breakdown of it. Sounds like a Pornhub movie, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Endless love. Yeah. Let, let your mom watch. Yeah. That's, can you imagine that? What a disaster. <laughs> then he went to jail and yeah. got some more. Endless love. You right? can fuck better than that. I know I taught you better than that, son. <laughs> Quit talking to me, Ma! <laughs> Quit talking. I'm trying to get one off. God, I can't come. <laughs> <laughs> Too much pressure, Ma! <laughs> Oh, that's great. From this point over the next almost 40 years, Tom Cruise began to star in some of the biggest films in Hollywood history. That same year, 1981, Cruise played a military student in the movie Taps. The next 11 years of Cruise's career are what, in my opinion, wrote him his golden ticket to do pretty much whatever he wanted to do going forward. Listen to the movies he starred in or had a major supporting role in from 1983 to 1994. First was The Outsiders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable cast. You got C. Thomas Howell, Rob Lowe. Waze Dog. Yep. Emilio Estevez, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio. And Cruz played Steve Merrill. He was in the film and definitely had a role, but he wasn't one of the big guys. But it was like his first major supporting role yeah was this a pre-karate kid ralph macchio yes uh, yeah uh, yeah it was 83 and it had everybody in it it was from that book you have to read i think in high school yeah Mm -hmm. and what's funny is they all have their sleeves cut off like they've been doing a bunch of curls but they got that (laughs) 80s build (laughs) you know what i'm saying like oh i'm a tough guy look at me and then like this is back before they fixed tom's teeth he chipped his teeth playing floor hockey that's it yeah so yeah tom cruise sleeveless Jack teeth there you go. And, a ba- and a fake tattoo. The socias and the greasers. That's right. Getting it on. Mm-hmm. Next, you had All the Right Moves, where Cruz played a Serbian-American gifted high school football player, Steph Georgievic. All the Right Moves? I don't recall that one. Me either. I, it was on there, and it had all kinds of stars, but I don't remember much. And there's a few that. of them on here, but... I remember Lucas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His next one, though, is his breakout film, Risky Business. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he played the underwear dancing brothel host, Joel Goodson. 
The sunglasses that Tom's character wears in Risky Business became so popular that he single-handedly increased Ray-Ban sales by 2,000%. Yeah, the Wayfarers. Yep. And some of the articles I read said that he helped Ray-Ban stay in business at the time. Yeah. They were kind of teetering. Honestly, to be honest, when he made the Wayfarers popular again... That's what made Wayfarers like an eternal sunglasses style. Like right. they, they were popular in the 50s. They came back in the 80s. They were popular last decade. Every 20 years they come out and it's like the sunglasses du jour. Right. Exactly. Next you had Legend where he played forest dwelling character Jack. This is a fantasy and science fiction movie. I never saw it and I don't watch fantasy and science fiction movies. I remember. So I never watched it. it, but I do remember seeing him. I think he had like long hair and there was like some guy lived in a swamp or something like that. It was pretty, yeah. pretty classic. I don't do Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. No, I'm no. Out, unfortunately. Oh, that's my realm. Okay, so. <laughs> my realm. <laughs> he said, oh, come with me into the swamp land where we'll throw 12-sided die. <laughs> Randy and Mikey shall not pass. 12-sided <laughs> die. And then we have Top Gun. Cruz played the epic fighter pilot badass Pete Maverick Mitchell. And I've got him. This is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I cannot fucking wait to go see part two that comes out this summer. Yeah, I'm interested mm, to see how that does. I saw a preview for oh, it. The it trailer's pretty good. Awesome. I saw the trailer. I mean, it looks like it's, you know, the filmography looks really cool and stuff like that. But I'm just like, how do you. The problem, Maverick, I, the problem I have is Maverick. Maverick. But Maverick. Maverick is like. All right. He's a character. He's, I know he's a character, but he's also like pushing 60 years old now. And he's like a lieutenant colonel or something like that. He's training the next. Bad, <laughs> they push man. you out after 30 years like there's no way he but, has to come back <laughs> the air force the is in dire straits so yeah. there's only one man that can bring that's him back it. That's right. i feel like everybody should be flying drones at this point or something <laughs> man he's an excellent drone pilot now he uh works like the, he's at the park he's just really good he's at, like central park just bombing shit with a drone he's like do you know who that is he's like that's maverick <laughs> it's some 12 year old kid with big glasses yeah. on yeah you're gonna be the next fighter pilot for the united states <laughs> i think every male aged like 5 to 75 wanted to be maverick at some oh yeah. yeah i had posters in my room for sure <laughs> well i remember watching this on vhs over and over mm-hmm. and i swear to god my mom would walk in every time during the like steamy sex scene with yeah. Kelly mcgillis oh him. i thought you were talking about when they were playing volleyball no guarantee i thought she she thought i was probably rewinding it no it wasn't the volleyball scene i watched it <laughs> <laughs> it was uh no it just like i said i swear to god it would start to come up and i'd hear footsteps and i'm just like you gotta be fucking yeah. kidding me and she'd walk in and they're doing it and i'm like god yeah suck. what are you watching what was that song uh they were doing it to take, take my, my breath, breath away. away take my breath away right it would have been awesome if it was because it was like a super sensual scene and if you just Casually reaches over and grabs his inhaler. (laughs) (laughs) Take my breath away. Man, I'm surprised that the I'm surprised that the inhaler companies haven't used that as like a commercial. I know, and I saw Kelly McGillis lately, and she took my breath away. (laughs) My God, I was like, (laughs) you look like my grandmother. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say that I think she 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 married a woman or whatever, and it's but the the thing is like I'm not even trying to be mean about like her looks, but it just blew my mind because you don't realize you're like oh that was like legit almost 40 years ago, and she was almost 40 when she did it, so of course she's gonna look like your grandmother because she's almost fucking 80, man. (laughs) Yeah, remember there was a a pretty big age gap between Cruz and her in the movie, uh, like 15 years or something like that. Yeah. Next, you had the Color of Money, where he played pool shark Vincent Loria, Scorsese film. That's right. Mm And then one of my favorites, Cocktail, where he played hotshot bartender oh, yeah. Brian Flanagan. 
where he actually got a Razzie nomination for that movie. Uh, I was about to Which, say, I don't understand that. It's, it's a good movie. I was, it might show my taste in movies, mm-hmm. though, because I think it's a badass movie, and it did. It won a couple of awards for being the worst movie that year. It won two Golden Raspberry Awards for worst picture and worst screenplay. See, I don't. That's the thing. I was like, and I'm a. I can. Someone could call me a movie snob or whatever, and that's fine. I mean, I do like movies a lot, but I watched Cocktail, and I. I mean, it's, it's not a great film, but I was like, it's entertaining. It's basically, you know, the equivalent of like a big red can of Pringles. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like, it's just eat it. Just it was a good entertaining up. movie. I don't know if it really <laughs> holds the test of time per se. Coughlin's Law. I say that shit all the time. And, uh, you know, Coughlin was a, a cool ass dude. When he shot himself, I cried. <laughs> I, cried. I was I like, that's not does. red wine, Tom. It's his brains. <laughs> On the other side of the coin, you had that year, Rain Man. Oh, right. yeah, that's one of Excellent. my favorite movies. Very good movie. yeah. that, I mean, Dustin Hoffman did amazing. I was about to say, Absolutely. Dustin Hoffman carried that film, but Tom Cruise did a great job of playing the dickhead brother. Oh, he really sure. did. For sure. He really did. That film won four Oscars yep. at the 61st Academy Awards in March of 89, including Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Actor in a Leading Role for Hoffman. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, when he farted Definitely. in the phone booth, it was immediate. The Academy Awards <laughs> were like, he goes, uh-oh, fart, fart, uh-oh, fart, fart. <laughs> In 1989, Cruz portrayed real-life paralyzed Vietnam War veteran Ron Kovic in Born on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. This earned him a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor Motion Picture Drama and his first Best Actor Academy Award nomination. So that was his first Golden Globe nom? Yep. Okay. Yep. Award, and I, yep. and that's actually a film I've never seen of his. You should watch it. It's pretty good. It's not... Or he did win a Golden Globe for that one. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he won a Golden have, Globe yeah. for Best yeah. Actor in a Motion Picture. That was his real stretch into getting away from like the Top Gun style actor character and going into... I'm going to do serious roles or whatever, but it just didn't... He, yeah. He ended up going back. Fucking to, right. Next movie's Days of Thunder. Yeah. 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 Cold Trickle. Cold Trickle. Another badass movie. Fucking race car driver this time. I mean, a fighter pilot, a cool bartender, a war vet, and now a race car driver. And John C. Riley is yes. in that motherfucker. And I... <laughs> yes. That he's like one of my favorite people on the planet. So. Dude, and he's awesome. Was that one of his first roles? It, it is one of his first be, ones. Yeah. yeah. He was in that other Vietnam movie with Michael J. Fox and everybody else, too, for a brief moment. But I think Days of Thunder was like one of his first movies. Okay. Just want to tell everybody how much I love John C. Riley. He really is my hero. <laughs> He's and awesome. And who was the uh, main coach in that movie? And uh, Days, of, Days Thunder. of Thunder. Oh, that was uh, Robert Duvall. Yeah, yeah. Robert yeah. Duvall yeah. did yeah. a great yeah. job in that movie as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Next up, you had Far and Away with his uh, soon-to-be-at-the-time-wife, Nicole Kidman. And a very bad Irish accent. <sighs> I don't bad remember. Irish I thought it was a I decent movie. It was, uh, okay. it was like a Ron Howard film, I think. You know, yeah. He was like, oh, come over here and I'll punch your face off. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that's pretty good for a guy that like tries one time. He's like, oh, I love you so much now. This is all yeah, 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 I was standing like there with the flag at the end. Also, he was supposed to be like a bare-knuckle fighter, which, you know, I just, you know, whatever. I don't know. Is that where him and Nicole Kidman yeah. met? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Yep. That was it. That was the first movie that they were on okay. uh, set together. For. Oh, I love you so much. You're so beautiful. Now I want to go fight for the money now. <laughs> You'll need to clean me up afterwards. <laughs> clean up a scrape. <laughs> <laughs> then it was on to Interview with a Vampire in 1994. Mm-hmm. Another gigantic cast, including Brad Pitt, Kirsten Dunst, Christian Slater, Antonio Banderas, and Steven Rhea, with Cruz playing lead vamp, Lestat de Lioncourt. Mm-hmm. Good movie. I, that was yeah. a great movie. That I was, loved the yeah. books. And mm-hmm. uh, Brad Pitt said he hated that film. He hated really? making that film. He said, I just read this actually last week or whatever. He was talking about how depressing it was to film it because they were always filming at night. So mm. he would sleep all day, film all night. Then he was in London and he was like, it just, he said it got to a point where he was like, I've got to get out of this film. So he went to David Geffen who was the head of Geffen Records and everything like that, and was like, they were friendly. And he was like, David, what do, what do I have to 
pay to get out of this movie? And he said he didn't even blink. He goes, about $40 million. And he said, well, I'll finish it up. Then. <laughs> <laughs> about $40 million. Yeah. Wow. And I also read that uh, Anne Rice was really pissed off that Tom yep. Cruise got the leading right. role in this as Lestat. Uh, she wanted... I forget the guy's name. He's been Billy a- Zane. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I remember reading that. I can't remember the actor, but it was a good move for her to have Cruz do it. Or well, Cruise after she get it, yeah. So after she ended up watching the first, you know, release of it, she ended up taking out like a two-page article in like Vanity Fair or something right. like that, like backtracking and saying that Tom Cruise did awesome. And yeah, it was. You know, he did an excellent job. No, he did fantastic. Yeah, he did fantastic. It was a cool movie. movie. It was. Very good movie. Yep. I don't even like vampire movies. That may be my favorite vampire movie. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please do us a favor and share or repost our show on your favorite platform. We love and appreciate the support. Now, back to Asshole Court. So, like we talked about earlier, Cruz had Hollywood pretty much wrapped up during the decade. We know he went on to star and direct in many, many other hit films, and we're definitely going to touch on those throughout. But now, it's time to talk about why Tom Cruise has garnered a reputation as somewhat of an odd duck. I think in Tom Cruise's case, we're going to have to separate what we think about his personal beliefs and measure his level of assholery for what it is. We're all for religious freedom here on Asshole Court, and we don't bash anybody for what they believe, but you're fair game if you're an asshole while using that avenue as your channel to make yourself feel powerful while possibly taking advantage of others. So, let's get weird and dive into Tom Cruise and his role in Scientology. Scientology is based off the writings of science fiction author L. Ron Hubbard. For those that haven't watched one of the many miniseries or TV shows about Scientology and aren't familiar with what they believe, well here is a super high level version and only take a moment to read, but buckle up. According to Scientology Beliefs and Practices Wikipedia page, the Church of Scientology says that a human is an immortal spirit being, which they call a Thetan, that is a resident in a physical body. The Thetan has an innumerable past lives and it is observed in advanced Scientology texts that lives preceding the Thetans' arrival on Earth were lived in an extraterrestrial culture. So when I think of extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. I think of E.T. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, I'm so. Reese's Pieces. I think more of aliens, you know. Yeah. yeah. Scientology is described as a religion to help people use scientific approaches to self-actualize their full potential. Scientific, huh? Yeah, that's it. Believers reach their full potential when they understand themselves and their true relationship to the physical universe and the supreme being. Roy Wallace of Columbia University describes Scientology as a movement that straddles the boundaries between psychology and religion, offering a graded hierarchy of auditing and training, with the intention of releasing the individual's full potential. So the auditing piece is actually what a lot of the negative Scientology <laughs> feedback they've gotten is, is around. Well, it's a big part of it. They sell e-meters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. E-meters? What's an yeah, e-meter? Yeah, an e-meter is these things that you... I don't know if you're, if you're going to talk about No, this, no, yeah. dive in. So an e-meter is this... Uh, to me, a uh, pseudo-scientific instrument that it has like two pieces that you hold in your hands and then it has cans. a reading. They're called cans. Can- yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're cans. You hold the cans in your hands. and, uh, <laughs> and I do and that they- with my wife every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is they audit you. They ask you questions that are very, very personal. And I think if you tell a lie or something like that, it, the e-meter pops up. But I think ultimately the reason that they do this is because they also record these sessions and archive the information. And archive the information forever. They in there ostensibly, it's because oh well, you're releasing these things that have been holding you down psychologically, and once you release them, you can improve your life after that. But a lot of people make the argument that it's effectively blackmail. 
You know, once they have the stuff on tape, you say stuff that, you know, yeah, you know. And like, it's stuff like that you time I thought the, about, yeah. not even things that you've done. It's things you've thought about. Yeah, yeah. And like you talk about your thoughts, but definitely your actions. And, and uh, it's not like it's almost like getting videotaped with your psychiatrist and then and having that information to use. Yeah. Against yeah. You. You yeah. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So, cool. yeah, I mean, if they have like a tape of you out there saying that you thought or did put a per plus bottle up your ass. There you go. It's going to make it hard for you to do anything against the church. They can they can use that as leverage. Yep. So Scientology believes that people have hidden abilities which have not yet been fully realized. It's believed that increased spiritual awareness and physical benefits are accomplished through counseling sessions referred to as auditing. Auditing is a one-on-one -on -one session with a Scientology counselor or auditor. It bears a superficial similarity to a confession or pastoral counseling, but the auditor records and stores all information received and does not dispense forgiveness or advice the way a pastor or a priest might do. Auditing is sometimes seen as controversial because auditing sessions are permanently recorded and stored within what are called pre-clear folders. Scientologists believe that the practice of auditing helps them overcome debilitating effects of traumatic experiences, most of which have been accumulated over a multitude of lifetimes. Dude, I so don't even keep is, my yeah. fucking search history on my computer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's no way I'm letting someone keep my an eternal record of all the things I thought about. Right. Especially us. Yeah, yeah. Well, anybody. I mean, everybody's a bit of a freak in one way or another. You know what I'm saying? You have a bad day and you're like, thought about killing my boss today. You know, and then they're like, oh, did you now? You're like, I mean, I just thought about it. You know, and they're like, we'll just release that Thetan. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. Dear diary. Dear diary. <laughs> So as you go through your membership with the church, you have the option to pay for courses that will essentially upgrade your membership status within the church ranks. The more you pay, the more courses you can take, the higher you can go. Yeah, platinum level. Some of the allegations against the church talk about this and how families have spent their entire life savings on Scientology. Mm -hmm. So I could keep going for days, but again, yeah. that's a very, very high level overview yeah. of just some of their basic beliefs. Yeah, it's just a contextual for understanding Tom Cruise now or, or you know whatever it's this isn't a show about scientology but no. it is important to note that yeah just to understand sure. what it is right mm -hmm. so how did tom cruise get started in scientology he married mimi rogers on may 9th 1987 according to an independent.com article it was rogers who introduced tom to scientology mimi grew up with the controversial religion as her father was a friend of its founder l ron hubbard she and cruise divorced on february 4th 1990 when rogers was 33 years old remember that and she no longer seems to be active in the Church of Scientology, but refuses to confirm this because most people don't say anything about right, it. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, once they've got all your secrets, yeah, you know. Yeah, you yeah. stay mum. Zip your lip, Mimi. That's that right. Perp Plus bottle. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Cruz is reported to have joined the church after its study courses helped him overcome dyslexia. Dyslexia is a tough disorder to deal with, I'm sure. But in Days of Thunder, it was reported that Cruz had no problems with the word race car. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I hate it. I love it. Even <laughs> That's, yep, me too. As mentioned earlier, Scientology often looks to recruit celebrities into the religion to both upgrade the perception and image of the church, but also to fill the church coffers. The leader of the Church of Scientology is a guy by the name of David Miscavige. Miscavige is a controversial figure himself, and much about him and the inner workings of the church have come out recently in multiple miniseries and documentaries about Scientology. Straight off his Wikipedia page and sourced from articles from the LA Times, CNN, and the St. Petersburg Times, it says that since he assumed his leadership position, there have been a number of allegations made against Miscavige. These include claims of forced separation of family members, coercive fundraising practices, harassment of journalists and church critics, and humiliation of staff members. 
including physical assaults upon them by Miscavige. Miscavige and church spokespersons deny the majority of these claims and often criticize the credibility of those who bring them. Holly has said the majority of these claims. He's like, I didn't do that. He's like, I did punch that kid, <laughs> but that was different. <laughs> that was different. <laughs> he was asking for it. Yeah. He, he Look, he was being an asshole. We were on the ship at Sea Org. He wouldn't swab the deck, <laughs> punched him in the face. You understand. So now, Tom Cruise was not a Scientologist during Top Gun, huh? No, no, no. He was no, not. it started off around the 90s. Yeah, it was when he got married in 87. Yep, and he was in, in Top Gun in 86. So, okay, all right. I'm just, I'm trying to like see if there was any noticeable difference in his personality. But, I mean, you can't. He's, he's an actor. So, anyway, right. continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I've watched a couple of the docuseries about the people that have mm-hmm. left Scientology, yeah. and all their stories are pretty similar yeah, pretty believable, honestly. Is it Leah Remini? That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, we'll get into her, her stuff in a second. But all the stories are kind of similar is yeah. they talk about how the church kind of divides families. If you don't want to be in the church, then like you're out. Like, yeah, you get you're ostracized. In, you're in, yeah, and then you're out. Um, and all the money they've spent. And again, the assault you know, allegations against Miscavige. So mm-hmm. again, a lot of the stories are very similar to the people that have left it. And Miscavige looks like a, like some sort of warped Ken doll too, man. He's oh. like five foot two. Can you imagine you that dude go. assaulting you and just having to take it? Oh, man. So Tom Cruise and David Miscavige have been described as very good friends, if not best friends. So much so that Miscavige was Cruise's best man to his 2006 wedding to Katie Holmes. Looking at pictures, you can see why the two might be buddies outside their religious beliefs. They both love to ride motorcycles, skydive, shoot skeet. And both are really, really short. Don't yeah, I was about we to say, what did Tom shoot skeet? I'm telling you. Oh, skeet, 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 skeet. <laughs> what did Tom finally find somebody who he was taller than? So Cruz's so. five foot seven frame makes him look like Manute Bowl next to the five foot three yeah, David tiny. Miscavige. I yeah. want to see him on one of those tandem bicycles with the ice cream cones. Just be, <laughs> You're my best friend. Oh no, this was great. So we bought a new washing machine recently, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to get my wife a little stool to stand on so she could reach the bottom of the washer. Mm-hmm. And when I told her how tall David Miscavige was she didn't miss a beat she was like huh he'd have to use my little stool on the washington <laughs> i was like yeah he would man it's so tough. would tom yeah. yeah he's gonna have that napoleon complex for real man man five foot three that's why he's punching kids <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> he's the size of one <laughs> again believing what you want to believe is all fine and well but let's get into the crux of why we're here today we're going to roll through items that will divide into what can be described as weird and what could be described as being an asshole and possibly determining his final score in our courtroom. All right. Let's dive into some of the articles and events that have come to light and that might validate Cruz's schoolmates who made fun of him for being different. <laughs> in 2004, Cruz put out another hit movie, Collateral, and according to Wikipedia in January of that year, he made the controversial statement, I think psychiatry should be outlawed. Further controversy erupted in 2005 after he openly criticized actress Brooke Shields for using mm-hmm. the drug Paxil, an antidepressant, to which Shields attributes her recovery from postpartum depression after the birth of her first daughter in 2003. And I don't agree with any of this. You know, he, I heard that through Scientology, they basically say that you shouldn't be taking any kind of medication. Right. All problems can be solved through vitamins and exercise. Yeah. And the thing is, it's um, a definite opposite end of the spectrum thing mm-hmm. they think that psychiatry and antidepressants are like whack and just crazy mm-hmm. stuff and then people who look at scientology and they're like w- you believe what yeah you know what I mean? and the thing so is like, like you know the, there's it, no middle ground well, that's, and what's crazy is you're like you know what scientology exercise is great for you yeah you know if you eat healthy and you can you know vitamin supplements that's also good but sometimes people need 
like serious medication, dude. And uh, maybe, you know, if you could just meet in the middle or whatever. So it's just it, it, for him. And I remember him going on Matt Lauer's show yeah. and being like, you're being glib, Matt. You're being glib. Like, you don't know. Like, I know Matt. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, he like, went he was, off on yeah, Matt. He was like, he was, like, I understand psychology like nobody else. And I'm like, dude, you don't have a degree like at all. Like, you don't I don't think you understand. It's just it's crazy. Yeah. That was a little bit weird. Yeah. No. Shields responded to Cruz that he should stick to saving the world from aliens and let women who are experiencing postpartum depression decide what treatment options are best for them. Roasted. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It wasn't that good. But, you know. Shields herself called Cruz's comments a disservice to mothers everywhere. And in late August 2006, Cruz apologized in person to Shields for his comments. This well, that was, was nice of him. Yeah, it was right around the time Mission Impossible 3 was coming out. Mm. So he released that, like, to let everybody know? You know, I don't know if it's coincidence or... Yeah. Hey, I'm real sorry about that, guys. <laughs> you know, my last movie, the numbers are a little bit down. So I just want to <laughs> let you guys know that uh, Brooke Shields cooled my book, man. We're cool. <laughs> And uh, Mission Impossible Three was fantastic too. It I've had, never seen it. I've never oh man, seen that's any the one that had. Either. <laughs> that's the one that had uh, the bad guy as uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, I love and Philip he Seymour did Hoffman. fucking really? fantastic. Right. He's great in everything he does. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, R.I.P. Bro. Yeah, man, he was a great actor. I, I saw the first Mission Impossible. Didn't really care for it. Never saw any of the ones after that. Oh man, uh, number two kind of was a little bit iffy, mm-hmm. uh, but three and on have just been. I, I've loved all of them. Apparently, the last one he did. Was the highest grossing movie he's ever done? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't like be surprised. Fallout, Fallout, yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was fantastic. It had uh, what's his name who played Superman recently as the back, uh, Henry Carvel, yeah, Cavill, Cavill, yeah, Henry Cavill, Carvel, yeah, Henry Carvel ice cream in there. <laughs> he said it was him and Baskin and Robbins, <laughs> Tommy Bryas, <laughs> <laughs> Joey TCBY. <laughs> Man, when was the last time you saw a TCBY? I don't think they exist anymore. Like, there's probably somebody listening to the show right now. They're like, "What the fuck is a TCBY? <laughs> What's a TCBY?" Yeah, you're, like, you're old as shit, yeah, man. You fucking does old anybody, fuckers talking we, about the shit. Does anybody even remember what TCBY? This can't be country's yogurt. best yogurt. Thought, this, this country's can't best be yogurt. yogurt. No, it was the country's best yogurt. They were staking the flag, the claim. They were like dunking on motherfuckers. <laughs> like, there's no way that you're gonna have yogurt better than this. But they, 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 they. they they were the only yogurt game in town at that point, so it's like uh, you know uh, having a, 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 like an only child be your favorite child. Like it works out that way. There we go. Yeah, the TCBY didn't actually originally stand for the country's best yogurt. No, from its founding in 1981 until 84, TCBY actually stood for this can't be yogurt. Well, shit! Now I look like a liar. <laughs> then they changed it. They did. They did. All right, so we're both right. Just Always. like Scientology and normal people. You need the middle. <laughs> you found a middle ground. In 2008, Cruz was in the hit movies Tropic Thunder and Valkyrie. Oh, Tropic Thunder. He, he played it. fucking an awesome role. It, Les yeah. Grossman. Yeah. 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 He great. fucking slayed that yeah. role. Again, in January of that year, a video produced by the Church of Scientology featured an interview with Tom Cruise and was leaked on YouTube. In the video, music from Cruise's Mission Impossible plays in the background and Cruz makes various statements including that Scientologists are the only people that can help after a car accident and that Scientologists are also the authority on getting addicts off drugs. All the first responders have converted to Scientology since yeah. they are the only ones that can react after a car accident. Yeah. They're it's, like, should we get the paddles out? They're like, no, no, no. Get the E-meter. Get the E-meter. He's flatlining. His thetans are exploding all over my body. And then you have the couch jumping incident on Oprah. 
Yeah, which created one of the greatest gifts of all time. All right. When they electrified his hands and he starts shocking <laughs> Oprah. And she's like, oh. <laughs> you never seen that? I haven't it's seen amazing. That. Oh, man. In 2005, right around the time Cruz was working on War of the Worlds, this whole thing went down. So I went back and watched the video yeah. of this, right? So first off, the ladies in the crowd were going fucking bananas. Oh, totally. It was like the Ed Sullivan show, man. And the yeah. Beatles were there. These women were just screaming, horny, like just, oh my God, I don't know shaking. if I would say they were horny so much. It was like- Dude, they, watch the video. I've they're seen thirsty. It, they are, oh, they're I feel like ready they're, for Tom they're so, Well, they definitely want to, because the, the context of that conversation is him talking about how in love he is with Katie Holmes. Well, yeah. it was, that's what He's the like, conversation so was. Yeah. so Oh, and which I was like, you sound like a tenth grade I'm girl. T- yeah, he no, he acted, really did. Acted, it was just very bizarre and yes. weird because she would say his name and he'd pop up on the couch, and then he would say her name and pop up on the yeah. couch, and he kept getting down on one knee yeah. and like pumping his fists like he just won in like a dice game yeah. or something. I was like, and I feel like this is because this was really at the point where there was a lot of rumors of him being gay, and like I said, we're not going to go into that, but I feel like a lot of this was him. Like, trying to dispel yes, that. Yes, trying to, exactly, to dispel that myth and be like, no, I'm so in love with Katie Holmes. And there's all sorts of rumors about like that Katie Holmes was basically, I can't remember who, there was another celebrity woman that said that she was approached by the Church of Scientology oh, yeah. and said that we want you to meet be his Tom girlfriend. Cruise. Yes. Yep, absolutely. I was like, they were setting him up. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. And so I think that's at this point, yeah, he was really trying to just be like, I'm so in love. I'm so not gay. I'm so in love, dude. <laughs> And it was just, it came across cringy. Very contrived and yes, cringy. Yes, very cringy, dude. Like King Kong cringe. So it was a movies.ndtv.com article that I read about mm-hmm. that talked about the time when an actress and church member was picked up to date Tom Cruise for three months. Her name was Nazanian Benati. Benati. Okay. She was an Iron Man in How I Met Your Mother. Okay. She joined the church at 17 and she's now 35. After Tom Cruise and actress Penelope Cruise broke up, she was allegedly picked up to be the new girlfriend for three months. She went through several transformations to break up with her then-boyfriend. In late 2004, she disappears, writes Leah Remini, who befriended the Iranian-born actress. Then it kind of goes on to say she kind of just, it didn't work out, and she was kind of dispelled. Oh. But exactly the, not really dispelled, but she cast off a little bit. She was ostracized yeah, at that yeah, point. She oh, didn't yeah. do her job as being Tom Cruise's girlfriend, I guess. Right, right. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So, yeah, as he was on Oprah, she was sitting there saying, he's lost it. He's lost it. And he did. Like I said, he was just acting really bizarre. Mm -hmm. It was weird. All right. So check. Tom Cruise acts like a weirdo sometimes. And again, he may believe in some things. Others don't. But again, this doesn't necessarily make him an asshole. However, now we'll dive into some stories that may have come up over the years that may put some points up on the board for Tommy. So there's an odd coincidence to Tom Cruise's marriages. He divorced all three of his wives when they were 33 years old. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Weird. Mimi Rogers, as mentioned earlier, Nicole Kidman, and then Katie Holmes. There are a lot of stories out there about the divorces, and I really did read an interesting article. It was a September 2017 article in the Daily Beast. And it talked about Cruz's marriages and how Scientology played a role in his relationships. It read, quote, One of the many celebrity faces of Scientology, Cruz appeared to have, at some point, handed over the reins of his personal life to the church. In Alex Gibney's 2015 documentary, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief, Marty Rathburn, a former high-ranking Scientologist, confesses that he was assigned to sabotage Cruz's second marriage. He said, I was to facilitate the breakup with Nicole Kidman. 
According to the film, Scientology head David Miscavige, a good friend of Cruz's, became suspicious of Kidman when she began to influence Cruz away from the church. Gibney's film claims that over the course of their marriage, Cruz even stopped returning Miscavige's calls. Ooh. Yeah. At that point, the documentary alleges Miscavige resolved to get Kidman out of the picture. Rathbun elaborates that this campaign included spying and wiretapping Kidman, auditing Cruz, and re-educating the couple's adopted children, Connor and Isabella. This all culminated in 2001 when Cruz divorced Kidman. You know, I saw an interesting interview with Russell Crowe where he was talking about he was friends with Tom Cruise, but mm-hmm. by proxy through Nicole Kidman. Right, because she's Australian, he's Australian. Australian, yeah. yeah. And so uh, apparently Russell Crowe, when he was growing up, his mom back in the 60s did not baptize him, which was really not the norm for the time. But she wanted him to kind of be exposed to everything, and then mm-hmm. he could make up his own mind. So he talked about he would, you know, like he had a couple friends who were Catholic. You know, he'd be like, hey, can I go to church with you guys? Right. You know, kind of test that out, Presbyterian and so forth. So he said one day after he had met Tom, he was at like it was like a gas station or something like that. And they had a little DVD rack. And for like two dollars and 50 cents, there was a DVD there about Scientology. So he got it. He watched it. And one time when he was with Tom, kind of brought it up. And, you know, they talked about it over the course, normal course of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And Cruz ended it by saying something along the lines of, you know, if it's something that you're you know really into, you'll go out and you'll find out about it. And that's how they ended the conversation. And he said Tom never spoke about it again from that point on. So it mm. wasn't like he was like trying to hammer him in. Proselytize. You know, so it's just like one of those things. He was like, mm. you know, I actually had a lot of respect for him because There's he so wasn't. There's so many weird things in that story that I love. First, I like to imagine Russell Crowe at like a shell station buying a Scientology <laughs> DVD. <laughs> next next to, the, to the generic porn DVDs. Right, He's like, black. I want that one. The iteration. No, not the. Uh, Scientology. I'll try that out. <laughs> Not the John Claude Van Damme movie. No, the Scientology movie. Right and then he gets it. He goes home and watches, and he's like, well, "I'll call the king of Scientology." And <laughs> instead of uh, him like absorbing him into Scientology, like you would think, Cruz is just kind of like, "Yeah, but your thing, man." Right? Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Hey guys, real quick. If you're liking the show, do us a favor and give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're catching us on. It makes a huge difference. Now, back to Asshole Court. By April of 2005, Cruz was dating actress Katie Holmes, and just one month later, he was enthusiastically jumping on Oprah Winfrey's couch. Mm -hmm. According to journalist Tony Ortega, who's covered the church since 1995, Katie made the effort internally to become a Scientologist herself and then escaped later. Ortega told the Daily Beast about the actress's Scientology handler, Jessica Rodriguez, who was reportedly assigned to accompany Holmes during the Batman Begins press tour. Recalling, Jessica was answering questions for Katie in interviews. It was really, really weird. Rumors of strange behavior and restrictions abound during the couple's six-year marriage. According to one particularly striking claim, Cruz insisted that his wife stay silent while she gave birth to their baby, Surrey. In keeping with Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard's belief that absolute silence ought to be maintained throughout delivery. Could you imagine trying to keep everybody quiet during the birth of a baby? There was a, a couple when we had our son that was next to us in another room and they were requesting a silent birth. So That's crazy. I, it was crazy. It, like I wanted to be respectful, but you know I stuck my ass cheeks right to the wall and ripped a huge <laughs> part to try to get the reverberate in there and ruin L. Ron Hubbard's thing. No, I, I, for real though, I, I don't understand what that's about. Because there's no way it's silent. At bare minimum, it's, it's at least like this. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> my wife was telling me just today that uh, she's heard that nowadays they're offering laughing gas 
to women as their. Are you serious? Hook yeah. me up, man. I'm yeah. a kid right now. I love uh, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody's trying to have a quiet birth and like oh, you're right no! next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got like naked gut on like the video player and they're doing laughing gas and they're like, this is supposed to be a, a silent birth. <laughs> silent but deadly. I was just about to say silent but deadly. As the Daily Beast previously reported, the final straw allegedly came when Holmes began to suspect that she would soon be separated from her and Cruz's young daughter, Suri. When Cruz and Holmes split in 2012, it was amidst rumors that the star feared her husband was planning to ship off their daughter, Suri, to the Sea Org, yeah. an elite training division of the church that requires its members to sign a billion-year contract. Space Navy. That's right. A billion-year billion contract. Billion-year contract, 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 yep. Because remember, they're thetans that just yeah. possess physical bodies and move on to the next. Yeah, you mentioned sure. that Going Clear movie, and it's incredible. Look, man, it's some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Cruz and Holmes' hasty settlement, which was finalized just 10 days after Holmes filed for divorce, reportedly stipulated that Surrey would have no relationship with the Church of Scientology. Smart. Unfortunately, this agreement appears to have wreaked havoc on Surrey's relationship with her father, as the two are rarely seen together. And again, this is from the Daily Beast article. In late June, In Touch reported that Cruz hadn't seen his 11-year-old daughter in more than 1,381 days. In 47 minutes. <laughs> this alleged separation is less shocking in light of the church's practice of disconnecting congregants from family members who disapprove of Scientology. End quote. So Cruz wound up suing In Touch magazine mm -hmm. for that article. And according to a New York Daily News article in October 2012, Cruz filed a lawsuit against In Touch and Life and Style magazines for defamation after they claimed Cruz had abandoned his six-year-old daughter. During a deposition, Cruz testified that due to his workload, 110 days had passed uh, without him seeing his daughter. The suit was ultimately settled between the two parties. So that's some pretty heavy <clears> stuff. It is pretty heavy stuff, and it wouldn't be surprising to find out that that's why they don't talk. Uh, but can we go back to sure. the fact that he has divorced all of his wives at 33? 33 years old, isn't that odd? Is there, yeah, but, is there, well, now, but didn't Katie Holmes file for a divorce against him? When she was 33. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it a little less creepy, but still creepy. It, it feels like the story was they were on the verge of it. Like it almost feels like he was prepping to send Surrey off to the Sea Org and kind of, yeah. I don't know if either in the marriage, but she, there's a whole lot of stuff in her exit. She worked with a bunch of different lawyers in different states to kind of set up her way out. You and know? who else exited this world at 33? Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I forgot about that. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Actually, I wonder if he's just like a dude that's so rich or whatever. He designates a legit expiration date like it's milk for his wives. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, 33. What did Dave know. Chappelle say? Oh, milk's gone bad in them titties. <laughs> <laughs> she goes like 34. is like, I don't know if she's still good anymore. I'm not willing to risk it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's sport. 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 <laughs> One of the biggest critics since leaving the Church of Scientology is actress Leah Remini. You may have seen her docuseries with former senior executive of the Church of Scientology, Mike Rinder, titled Scientology in the Aftermath. Saved by the bell. All right, man. So I was doing the research for the show, and you start to Google these folks. Mm -hmm. It is insane how when you Google Leah Remini and Mike Rinder, mm -hmm. it's their Wikipedia page, and then straight up. Uh, created website to tell you how big of a piece of shit they are. Yeah, dude. Scientology oh, does not play around. Oh, yeah. Like, it is here's liars and why they suck at life.com. Mm -hmm. Like, straight up. Yeah. The one for Mike Render, it's like, who is MichaelRender.com? And you yep. go to it and it's it just <laughs> beats the guy up. Like, yeah. oh, it calls him a wife beater. And I remember seeing this kind of stuff on the docuseries. Yep. But well, yeah, the, when it pops up, it says he's a wife beater and a hate peddler. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that Going Clear documentary or whatever, and like the guy, it may have been Mike Render, it was one of them that had been very high up. That and, was probably him. And they were 
talking and all of a sudden this van pulls up people get out with cameras and start just filming them yep. and he's like all right dudes he's like i get it he's like just get the fuck out of here and they're like we don't have to leave and they just sat there and they just filmed him yeah it just, and just and it's just it's yeah it's, it's nothing but harassment right jeez yeah anyway in a november 2018 article in usa today remini accused Cruz of knowledge of abuses within the church quote Leah Remini is alleging that Tom Cruise not only knows about abuse in the Church of Scientology, but has personally administered punishment on a high-ranking member. Ooh. He is very aware of the abuses that go on in Scientology, Remini told the Daily Beast in an interview published Wednesday. He's been a part of it. So he was just like, you've been a bad Scientologist. He's like, now sit down. You're going to watch far and away again and again <laughs> and, and again. Over. And you're going to listen to my accent when I talk like an Irishman. <laughs> Talking to the Daily Beast about Cruz, the church's most notorious private A-list member, Remini, claimed that Scientologists are told that Tom Cruise is saving the world single-handedly, so he is considered a deity within Scientology, second only to David Miscavige, the church's leader since 1986. The two men are best friends, she continued, so Cruz has been privy to the punishments that Miscavige doles out. She even alleges that Miscavige has threatened staff with bringing the Mission Impossible star to Gold Base, the Church of Scientology's headquarters in San Jacinto, California, to kick their fucking asses. So I'm not going to dive too deep into those two's beef, but according, again, to that movie.ndtv.com article, Remini also had a story about Cruz that would fall into our earlier category of the weird Tom Cruise. Quote, Leah claims that Tom organized a game of hide-and-seek at his home with his celebrity friends Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. At first, I thought he was joking, but no, he literally wanted to play hide-and-seek with a bunch of grown-ups in what was probably close to a 7,000-square-foot house on almost three full acres of secluded land, she writes in a book. Leah apparently refused to play, blaming her unsuitably shod feet. I can't play. I'm wearing Jimmy Choo's. Tom apparently tagged her as it and ran off. You know, I read that article as well, and while it does seem a little bit odd, you know, I've played hide-and-go-seek with my kids in our house and i've had a lot of fun doing that yeah. and if we're on a seven thousand square foot house the game's gonna last forever i'll fall asleep because no one finds me and then you wake up still, the next morning well, i mean yeah. how many times do you get the opportunity to play hide-and-go-seek with will smith and tom cruise well could like, you imagine walking out in the backyard and seeing like will smith dressed up as a fresh prince hiding behind the pool house and like <laughs> tom cruise sprinting through the backyard in, like a maverick <laughs> flight suit and you're like this It'd is awesome, awesome. Yeah. i mean how high am i at this point <laughs> <laughs> you know? but the other thing honestly i think the grossest part of that whole story was her dropping the fucking humble brag about the Jimmy Choo's. I was yeah. like, you don't have to say that. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I have solid gold slippers on right now. Okay. She's like, what a weirdo. He wanted me to play, but I have Jimmy Choo's on. <laughs> so with all this going on in Tom Cruise's life, he still managed to pump out some mammoth movie hits. The Mission Impossible series, Magnolia, Jerry Maguire, Vanilla Sky, Minority Report, Last Samurai, War of the Worlds, Tropic Thunder, just all really, really good movies. Mm-hmm. Other interesting facts about Cruz that don't make him an asshole, but I thought were interesting. While filming the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Cruz ended up holding his breath underwater for more than six minutes. It's very, very impressive. It's a crazy scene in the movie. Oh, man. He says, I've done a lot of underwater sequences, but we wanted to create a suspense underwater sequence without cuts. So doing that sequence was really interesting. Six minutes he held his breath while moving in water. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. This is where I get to humble brag. Let's hear it. My best time ever holding my breath. 
Three minutes and 40 seconds. That's nice. pretty good. That's it's not six minutes is what I'm saying. It's six minutes is fucking insane, yeah. dude. Okay. Yeah, that's not No, but I mean, like, he went through a lot of, like, extensive training well, you on can. how to do that. It's and actually, breathing and, yeah. you know. I actually, like, I would sit there sometimes and just practice. Because I'm a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I'll do it at work sometimes where I'm at work, you know, and I just, the just whole, pass out at your desk. <laughs> you get to the point, yeah, but there's a whole, in fact, any average person probably get two minutes without too much discomfort, but six minutes is fucking crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cruz also has his pilot license. In 1994, he received his pilot's license and often flies himself wherever he needs to be. Yeah. Today, he owns a Gulfstream G450 that costs upwards of 38 million bucks. Dang. Uh-huh. Still, his well, boy Travolta's got him beat, though. Oh, with the 7... 727, I think. <sighs> God yeah. almighty. According to a Vulture.com article from August 2018, he did not get mad at Cuba Gooding Jr.'s dad when he asked about his sexuality. During the filming of Jerry Maguire, Cuba Gooding Sr. impolitely inquired of Tom Cruise's sexuality. You gay? <laughs> he gave Tom Cruise a hug and said, I love you, man. Now, seriously, are you gay or not? <laughs> Gooding Jr. recalled years later, I almost fainted. And thought, please, Lord, let me disappear. He said, please, Lord, let him be gay. He said, please, Lord, don't kick me off this movie set. <laughs> he said, Cruz was so chill dealing with the prying parent. Tom just laughed and said, no, his co-star reported. The two of them had a pretty good chemistry on scene in Jeremy. Yeah, Choir. yeah. No. It's actually amazing that that movie's as good as it is because the whole premise of it is very thin. It's just like, all right, here's a sports uh, agent. And then uh, he, he loses everything because he doesn't like being a sports agent and not caring about his clients. And then he meets his last client and they end up being friends. And his friend convinces him to hook up with a single mom. That's the entire story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm it. So it's like that's a testament to how good the movie is for it to be right. like, you know, just constantly quoted, you know. So he then rescued a family from a burning sailboat while vacationing with his then wife, Nicole Kidman, and their kids on a luxury yacht in 1997. Tom Cruise spotted a sailboat going up in flames. The actor sent the yacht skiff to rescue the people aboard. French paper tycoon Jacques Lejeune and his wife Bernadetta and their daughter Eugenia and two crew members, according to people. So it sounds like he sent the boat to go get I was get about them. to say, I was like, there, <laughs> go get the please. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> you should get that boat and, and save those people in that burning ship. And the media's like, you saved them, Tom. <laughs> he helped rescue a victim of a hit and run and paid her medical bills. The year before the sailboat rescue, Tom Cruise was driving down Wilshire Boulevard on a rainy night when he watched Hiloisa Vinhas, a 23-year-old aspiring actress, get hit by a car. Cruise commanded someone to call for help and accompanied her to UCLA Medical Center, according to People. He even picked up the $7,000 medical bill for her broken left leg and bruised ribs when he found out she wasn't insured. If he's not Superman, he can be Batman. Batman doesn't have superpowers, Vinas told the magazine. Oh, I thought you were saying that. I was like, dang, no, dude. No, that was her. That's not me. Batman. And I'm glad that he's not uh, He's not a Batman. No, he's not tall enough. Hmm. So there are other stories out there as well, but I figured it was only fair to show that he's not a robot or a computer program. And Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. done some good things. So as the jurors gather and the judge goes to pee in something other than the empty Gatorade bottles under his bench, gather your thoughts on what we've discussed. Where would you rate Tom Cruise on the not-so-scientific scale? Taking into account he has zero convictions for abuse, violence, or really any crime that I could find out about, I still stand by the idea that you can be a weirdo and not be that big of an asshole. Sure, the Scientology thing is odd to most of us, but again, he hasn't ever been formally accused of any wrongdoing. It may not be what you believe in, but hey, this is America, and you're free to believe what you want. My final asshole rating for Tom Cruise is 4.75. Okay. All right. Well, I'll look at it like this. Um, 
I love his movies and everything that we've gone over today doesn't make me think that he's an asshole. I don't like the fact that it doesn't sound like he has much contact with his daughter, Suri, Mm -hmm. especially after how his dad treated him when he was growing up. Mm -hmm. But once again, these are all allegations and we don't really know exactly what does happen in between his relationship with him and his daughter. For all we know, especially now in the days of FaceTime and video, you know, cams and stuff like that, they could have a very healthy relationship. And maybe that's just, maybe it's Katie Holmes that's preventing a lot of it from happening. We, we don't know. But I think that this will be a first for me on Asshole Court because I started off giving Tom Cruise a 5.0 and I'm going to backtrack a little bit after okay. hearing everything. I'm going to give Tom Cruise a 4.5 as my final asshole score. Okay. I think he's a great actor. I'm always impressed that he does the majority of all the stunts. And I know that the companies that he works for hate the fact that he does a lot of these very dangerous stunts because mm-hmm. of just the insurance policies that they have to carry. Oh, he along hangs with off the it. side of airplanes yeah. and shit like for real. He does it. Yeah. yeah. He's a dedicated actor. I don't love the fact that back in, you know, his whole thing with Matt Lauer in 05 and, mm-hmm. you know, him kind of pushing that angle on what his beliefs are on something that he's not uh he's not a doctor so but yeah i'm gonna backpedal a little bit and i'm gonna give tom cruise final asshole score 4.5 okay. all right 4.5 <laughs> for buddy what you got mikey uh yeah i mean uh, he's certainly on the lower scale of all of the people that we've covered on the show so far the scientology thing is very strange he's a weird dude you know he's a good he's a good actor uh but i think yeah i think the the, the real problem that i have is you know his involvement in Scientology and the stuff that you hear about Scientology? For instance, David uh, Miscavige's wife being missing. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole thing where people hadn't seen her for a long right. time. And when Leah Remini, she was friends with her, became concerned when yeah. she left the church, filed the missing persons report, mm-hmm. and the LAPD claims they went out there and did talk to her, made contact yes. with her. They said she's fine. She's just living elsewhere yeah Yeah. and they live so in that going clear documentary or whatever they speak pretty extensively about these places where it's legal for them to do this but these people are effectively in like a scientology jail uh if you go against the church or whatever i don't know i mean if you buy into that again it's all alleged so i can't say with any certainty about it but if he does he's involved in the church he he's the second most powerful person in the church he has to know about this stuff so if you buy into that 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 is occurring then i feel like that's pretty bad but again, it's it's all speculative at this point. So I'll kind of close out. I'll give him, I'll, you know, I'm gonna give him a four point five. I think, I, you know, if we find out there's worse shit about what the Scientology thing is, and you can factually prove it, then my numbers go way up. But as of right now, there's no proof, so I'll I'll go four point five. All, all right. right. So go. where does that bring us to with a four point five for Buddy, a four point five for Mikey and a four point seven five for Randy? Final asshole score for Tom Cruise is a four point five eight. All right. Four point right. five eight for Tom Cruise. Tommy Cruise. Awesome. We guys hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, as always, for your support. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell anybody, you know, hope they enjoy it, too. Till next time. This is Asshole Court. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more of Asshole Court, find us anywhere you download your favorite podcasts. Give us a good rating on your favorite platform. It really does help. You'll definitely want to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AHC Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, depending on what you have to say. So, until next time, remember the golden rule, and don't be an asshole, or you might find yourself on Asshole Court.